The following podcast may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey you guys, it's Anne. In this episode, we have a very special guest. I'm joined by author Doug Carey. He's going to talk to us about his new book. I hope you'll join us and enjoy. All right. Hey guys, it's Anne with Unexplained Realms and I am joined by author Doug Carey. Um, this this case, he's written um, a true crime novel and it is absolutely wild. Um, not a lot of information out there. So I think we're just going to let you take it away, Doug. How did you come upon this particular case? Well, this is a true case, and it's one that I came upon because it arose in an area of the desert that's got to be one of the most remote locations in the Western United States. It's an area that I've been visiting for many years, and it's kind of a counterculture mecca, and because out in the middle of this desert valley, 50 miles from the nearest paved road, which by the way itself is in the middle of nowhere, but out in this desert valley are hot springs and it's it's kind of an oasis where people take off their clothes and soak and commune mm. with nature. It's not a hookup spot so much as you're hooking up with nature and being right. natural and free. And imagine a, a, a couple that's kind of counterculture types and they're on a romantic getaway trip. They are at this location, they get up one beautiful morning, take a walk, and they never come back. And there's a massive search that happens. And three years later, miles away, their bodies are found in a shallow grave. And people are like, what happened? How many miles away was it? It was about seven miles away, Mm. and it was uphill. So it would have been a really stout kind of a hike to take. And Louise, it was Barry Berman and Louise Berman. Louise had a sore ankle. So it's very unlikely she got there without having at least ridden part of the way in a, in some kind of a vehicle. And mm-hmm. by the way, this, this hippie couple, and they look so unassuming, but Barry, mm-hmm. Barry Berman was the heir apparent to the Kahlua liqueur fortune. So he was actually somebody who was just raised amid massive wealth, which added another dimension to all. That. Right. And I, I read that and I thought, no way, this cannot be. But really, he was his father was the maker of Kahlua. Yeah. So and I also read something where he despised the, the money aspect of his father's life probably leading him to that uh, free-spirited lifestyle, you know, going out there and being one with the nature. So It was all part and parcel of his personality. And this was something that manifested from the time he was a child. He grew up in circumstances that most of us can't even imagine. This fabulous Mm -hmm. wealth in Beverly Hills, a mansion staffed by servants, a car full, a garage full of exotic cars and, Anything that he wanted, his parents would give him. But what they didn't give him was a lot of love and attention. And that's, I think, what he wanted. So he became sort of a solitary type young man from from an early age Mm -hmm. and drew away from his parents' world to the point where he really rejected their ways and ended up going on a seeker's journey that took him to India. And that's where he Mm -hmm. got involved in with a guru and a, a Punjabi religion called Radha Salami. And yes, that's mm-hmm. part of what I think drew him to this mm-hmm. out of the way location. I'm very familiar with that, that religion belief system there. So I get it. Um, now I I saw a lot of people in different forums, like Reddit, when they dissect these cases, like, Aliens took them or whatever, but obviously it seems that they came upon foul play. Something or someone harmed them. Well, the, the nature of Saline Valley, which is this remote location where they disappeared, kind of lends itself to otherworldly theories because it is an otherworldly kind of location. I've been there many times and 
you feel so detached from normal civilization when you get out there. And it has a couple of effects. One of one effect is that you really feel like you're on another planet. Another mm-hmm. effect, though, is that when you encounter other people in the hot springs and people are getting naked, maybe they're getting high, they're they're drinking. Mm-hmm. It 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 makes for a feeling of connectedness, mm-hmm. and people drop their guard a little bit. And that may be what what happened here is that they dropped their guard and became friendly with someone who actually was a predator. The wrong person, definitely. And I can see where a predator might find themselves in a place like that. Easy prey, you know? I think that that for the for the kind of person that that the chief suspect was, and by the way, there's never been an arrest in the case. Nobody's ever been charged. Mm, but I read was, about that chief suspect, though. I did read a little bit about that. So he, he is a creepy guy. Mm-hmm. And he is in prison right now, so he has a past that is horrifying. Mm-hmm. In that location, it's very possible that he misinterpreted the hippies and the nudity as being an invitation for casual sex, when actually it's not a hookup spot, really. Again, it's a kind of a place where you you hook up with nature more than you hook up with other people. But it could be misinterpreted by somebody who looks mm-hmm. around, sees people walking out around with no clothes on. They're all sharing baths. And he thinks, oh, well, maybe if somebody's talking and chatting with me, that means they want me to connect well, with them in a different way. I feel like um that's like Disneyland for a sexual predator, you know. Um yeah. they're not they have no boundaries. So if they come upon people that are naked and, and accepting of being naked, I think a predator would accept that as an invitation. So and and I think you're right. And in a location where you kind of feel like there's no rules. And absolutely no boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you could get away with with pretty much anything. There is that feeling. It feels a bit like the Wild West, like the rest of civilization doesn't exist, even though it's only a day's drive from Los Angeles. It's a mm-hmm. heck of a day's drive. You drive out towards Death Valley and then miles and miles on rough dirt roads, mm-hmm. cross over a mountain range that sometimes is impassable. So by the time you actually get in there, you really feel that you're in a a completely different place away from civilization. And I think that can bring out good things in people, but it can also bring out bad things. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Um, I I wondered, you know, if it was the, the main suspect, had he any clue of who they were, you know, or potentially he was just, you know, seeking prey. I think he might have just been trolling, but that's an interesting question you raised because we know that they shared a hot tub with him mm-hmm. on the evening before mm-hmm. they disappeared, but we don't know what they talked about. No, it's a potential he thought maybe he could gain something by hurting them. Maybe, I don't know, the sick, twisted mind of a predator. Who knows? Who um, knows? So that's interesting. I um, you want to show us the book cover so when when it yeah. comes out, people can. There you go, and I'm going to actually show this picture at the end of this so that um, on the screen, so our viewers on YouTube can see it, and I'll have a link in all of our other um, platforms so that they can click it and buy it. I, I think it's on pre-sale order right now on Amazon, correct? It is available and on pre-sale, and the publisher, Roman and Littlefield, has started shipping it. I don't know if Amazon started shipping it yet, but they've, mm. they've started fulfilling some of those, those pre-orders. I, I, I wanted to mention, Anne, this mm-hmm. isn't the only weird thing that's happened out in this valley. I mean, I've, I've heard some stuff out there, yeah. I, I'm, I'm working on one case right now that is just so strange. And it's right in that same spot. Uh, A a Vietnam veteran, older guy, but very familiar with the area, drove out there to fix a disabled vehicle. He had come in at night and he just, he parked his truck and come morning, he was just gone. And the only clue that has been discovered in, in the past three years is a broken shoe a broken sandal 
that mm. myself and my colleague discovered long after the search was concluded, we went out there and scoured for clues. She was able to positively identify it because he had meticulously repaired it himself using adhesive tape and glue. And she, when we recovered it, she said, that's his shoe. I remember exactly when he did it a few days before he left. That's the only clue we have found. We have no idea what happened. I have a theory. I have a theory, but no proof. Mm. Want to tell us what your theory is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's not a kidnapping. I mean, who's going to kidnap a chatty older older man? You know, yeah. this isn't uh, yeah. like some of the cases I've worked on where you would think a predator might snatch it, a, a girl. Right. I mean, he's, he's an older guy, he knows his way around the area. We think what happened is that he got disoriented at night and walked in the wrong direction. Mm. And the, the sandal that we found had a bad break in it that indicated that he might have taken a hard fall. Mm. He didn't have a flashlight. There was no moon. He could have stepped on a rock. He was older and frail. And he could have taken a hard fall. Now, the place where I found the sandal is on a plateau that when the sun came up in the morning, it would be like being in a frying pan there. Right. And even if you had a broken hip or a broken leg, you would want to get out of there. If you crawled in the direction of the oasis, which you could see in the distance, you could see mm -hmm. the tops of the palm trees, you would crawl into an area where it's incredibly unstable and there are caves that get carved by intermittent rainfall and then periodically collapse. Mm. And we tried digging around in some of these collapsed caves and couldn't find any of his remains, but there's a lot of places we didn't check. And my best guess is he crawled into one of those places, he died and later, the rains, when these intermittent rains come, the yeah. collapse. And I think, you know, the dirt and the years, I mean, it could be submerged or buried in there deep. You know, and I mean, after a while, I think bones would just disintegrate, possibly, especially with the heat out there. I, I, I think you're right. I was, I was digging around in one spot, didn't have the right tools, but it looked like a recent collapse. And I thought maybe he's there. And I was digging and a sandal, I uncovered a sandal. I thought, oh, this wow. is his other shoe. And it was a Birkenstock. Oh. It was a girl's shoe. But I thought, how did it yeah, get like, So someone else's shoe was in there. But, but what's the story yeah, there? Right. How, did, how did some girl's Birkenstock end up entombed in this? That's scary. Collapse. Okay. Makes right? you wonder, you want to go look at the missing persons websites and who was last seen in that area. You never know. Um, that seems very dangerous. Uh, are, is it an unincorporated area? Is there signs saying, hey, don't, don't hang out out here? What's... It's very isolated. It's now part of Death Valley National Park, mm -hmm. but it's not part of Death Valley proper. It's an area called Saline Valley. Yeah which is really isolated on its own, surrounded by mountains, difficult to get to. There aren't a lot of signs. There's not a lot of warnings. And you're kind of on your own when you're out there. And there have been a number of weird, unexplained cases. There's another okay. one nearby, another older guy. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. <laughs> he, he, this was a guy who was a very experienced hiker. Okay. And he'd been out there many times, knew his way around the wilderness, parks his truck in this same valley at the bottom of a mountain range, hikes up into the mountains, massive search, not a clue. Not a clue. Especially with an experienced no. hiker. I mean, that's that's odd. Really odd. Yeah. And it's it's just it's that now, kind what of a are place. the years of these situations are they like with the years of technology cell phones or are they in the 80s sure. so some of them are so people but then i wonder potentially cell phone signal out there may not be a thing it may not happen there's there's no cell phone signal. okay 
makes uh, sense. They're, yeah, they're, so it's completely isolated in that way. Only a, only a satellite phone would get you the kind mm. of reach. And both the cases I, I described took place, the, both those strange disappearances of, of, of older men took place just in the last couple of years. So my, I think my first thought, and probably a lot of people would be that, you know, an accident occurred, they fell. But did you ever find anything that led you to a potential serial killer or somebody that was, you know, preying on people wandering through the area? Again, and preying on old men doesn't fit a typical pattern. No. That said, it, it's within the realm of possibility. I mean, when you have two people who within the same year disappear, both of them are very experienced, very familiar with the area, and they just vanish. And the searches that were done were quite thorough with ground searchers, helicopters, the whole mm -hmm. thing. So you would think if somebody fell and injured themselves, you know, they'd be spotted. Uh, the, the searchers are experienced. They know how to look for signs of a human. But I will say the landscape out there is vast mm -hmm. and very deceptive. Yeah. Now, with the shoe that you found, were you able to turn it over to authorities and reopen a, a search or anything like that? It's such an isolated area that I think the authorities have just kind of given up on it. But what we did is we didn't touch it with our with our hands. We uh, we recovered it. We marked the spot got a, a reading on the, the coordinates of where the spot was, and we marked it. We picked it up uh, using gloves and put it into plastic. I then uh, wrapped it in an American flag because Bob was a, mm -hmm. a veteran, and I thought this is the closest thing we have to remain. So we carefully wrapped it in an American flag, turned it over to his, uh, his wife, who in turn brought it to authorities. But I don't think there's been any mm -hmm. other real follow-up because, you know, when you're talking about a rural area, Inyo County is 10,000 square miles. They have a very small sheriff's department, a limited budget. Mm -hmm. There's just a limit to what they can do and, and how much time they can spend on trying to find somebody who's vanished in the wilderness. And I think out there it gets, it's really, the heat is intense in the summertime, correct? It, it's, it's, the weather conditions out there are extreme. Mm -hmm. The last time I was in there was about a year ago. We had to go through very dangerous snow and mud conditions uh, on roads that were technically closed in order to get in there. And then, but if you wait until later in the season when it's dry and warm, it gets so hot. It's almost as hot as Death Valley mm -hmm. proper in there. It can get to be 120 oh, yeah. degrees. It's, it's not practical to be able to go and search in those conditions. No. Even if you want to, it's just debilitating and it's dangerous. So were those stories included in this book? Were they on their own with their own books or? I haven't written, I've written articles about okay. both of those. Uh, and they're they're on my my website mm -hmm. dougcarry.com. I also have a Doug Carey author Facebook page. Okay. So there's a couple of ways people mm -hmm. can connect. And I'll with I'll me. throw those oh. links on our website on our our social medias as well. So wonderful, yeah. I did mention the cases uh, in the footnotes. I mean, I did a lot of research for this book. It's extensively mm -hmm. footnoted. My my niche in true crime is to do original research, not just repackage what other people have right. done, but do original work and really go into depth. Mm, kind of how I do this show. I, I do my own writing and research. I don't just copy what other people have already talked about. So, um, nice. so what other unexplained strange things have you encountered? I know there was a story that we had talked about that was kind of unexplained. Yeah. Well, the Carly Gousset case, which has been widely publicized, People Magazine Investigates did uh, a five-year look back kind of an episode uh, uh, in August. And it's been, there are, there are Facebook groups, there's all mm -hmm. kinds of coverage on social media. Dr. Phil did an episode on it. It's been highly publicized. But the weird thing is, Anne, she just vanished off the face of the mm -hmm. earth. This was a 16-year-old girl 
living in a rural area in a neighborhood that's surrounded by wilderness. It's desert. She had a bad night. She had done some kind of a drug and had a bad experience. She'd called her mom to come pick her up in town. She was freaking out. Her mom had spent the night with her, kind of talking her down. And in the morning, her mom wakes up and she's gone. The girl is gone and she's left her her cell phone. Hmm. So people focused at first on the parents and thought, you know, what happened here? Did Mm -hmm. dad lose his temper and something happened? And there's a lot of people that made accusations. But the thing is, there were witnesses who saw her out of the house in the morning and she seemed fine. I spoke with two of those witnesses myself, interviewed them. and one of them is retired law enforcement, and they both saw her. Mm-hmm. And one in particular said she looked fine. She was just wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt. And he said she was looking up at the sky as the dawn came. And both the witnesses said that she had a piece of paper in her mm. hand. And I'll tell you, I would trade all these books for that one piece right. of paper. I yeah. would love to what know. was on it? what was on it so she leaves home she walks about a mile down by the road and that's the last time she's seen somebody driving by this is highway six it's a rural two-lane highway that goes through the middle of nowhere there and then eventually highway six leads all the way to the east coast somebody spotted her by the road and that's it the dog's that was the last they found her scent was by the What road. town was this that she she disappeared from? So this is outside of Bishop, California. It's Eastern Sierra. It's a part of California that is not what you think of when you think of It California. sounds so familiar. I am here in California, and I, I can't place Bishop. I, I've seen it. I know the name, but I don't know where that's at. Northern or Southern is that, isn't it? Well, kind of, kind of central. Okay. So if you came, yeah, it's... It's about halfway between Los Angeles and Lake Tahoe, east of the Sierra Nevada, west of the Nevada state line, where she disappeared, where Carly Gousset disappeared, 30 miles from the Nevada state line. If you keep heading on Highway 6, you cross into Nevada. And I've driven that road Mm -hmm. looking for cameras, talking with people stopping off did you see her just recently i found a couple of people who added some new information just about where they were on the day she disappeared and what cameras existed at that time but there's just been nothing Nothing. what year was it that she 2018 so it's been over yeah but there should have been there would be cameras by then i mean 2018 we were we were in our technology, you know, circle and sphere already. So um, pretty remote area, though. Mm-hmm. But I thought one of the most telling things in that case was one of the one of the sheriffs who was out looking for her. And I was out there taking pictures and chatting with them again. I like to get on the ground and talk to mm-hmm. talk to people. He told me the biggest clue is that there is no clue. And I think that's right. She's not out there. I don't believe she just wandered off and crawled into a hole. And no, no. I think she willingly or unwillingly, I would bet that she got into a vehicle. That's but, what I was thinking, too. That's why the dogs lost the scent. She she was no longer on the ground. So, But there's only a couple of hundred cars every hour or so that go by on this rural highway it would be kind of like losing the lottery or or Mm. winning the lottery in reverse in other words the odds of a predator just happening by early on a saturday Mm. morning you're right astronomical yeah but and what's the, what other explanation is there? Is it a UFO abduction? Perhaps the same individuals she was doing drugs with, I mean, and then something happens. Well, I it, mean, was, it was her boyfriend, and uh, you know she's just a teenager. It was her boyfriend and a couple other people at a house party. I mean, I talked to her boyfriend. I just, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think so. The police interviewed him at length. He had an alibi. Everybody had an alibi that checked out. 
anybody else at that party that might have had like some kind of a issue with her or jealousy, you know, how teens can be with each other. So, you know, someone unsuspecting who no one would have ever known. I just, I find it really strange that she would get in a car with a complete stranger, especially in such a small little rural town. I mean, I don't know. Well, how about this? I've thought about possibilities. Again, just speculating here. What if it was a neighbor, maybe an adult, Mm -hmm. offers her a ride, and it turns out that this adult just is triggered somehow, just can't can't get over the fact that there's this young, very beautiful, Mm -hmm. vulnerable girl in the car and just ends up doing something Something. yeah and if she succumbed to that kind of situation she's she's passed um i'm sure her body's not within that area it could be anywhere i mean i don't know much about how they cross um you know like john does and bodies but i would imagine if she was somewhere and they found a body would would we ever know would we would is there some kind of a database where they cross reference them or something like that there is a missing persons data database so if a body was found i think they would be able to identify it but here's the thing there are so many places where her body could have been hidden mm-hmm. uh, i've been out driving along there and have uh, have inventoried some of the roads that perhaps a a predator might have taken if somehow they got her in a car where might they have gone and let's assume they didn't go down to town that they headed north maybe crossed into nevada some of these counties up there one of the counties up there that potentially she went to only has a population of about a thousand people i mean Wow, we're yeah. talking vast open spaces with lots of old mines and places mm-hmm. where you could secret a body. I mean, oh, any, yeah. anything could have happened. Have there been any sightings? I know I did a show recently on the missing five, the five young men from San Francisco. And one of them, they actually had what appeared to be a sighting. He was way up north and he was coming out of a target and it looks identical to him. Are there any sightings like that or people reporting that they may have seen her? According to People Magazine Investigates, there was a sighting in a place called Tonopah, Nevada, and the FBI felt that it was a credible enough report that they checked it out, but they have not publicly disclosed what came of that and whether that was a dead end or not. So, yes, there have been, at least that one sighting was taken very seriously by law enforcement. There have been other tips and other sightings. I've had people get in touch with me since I've written about the case, and I'll get a a message on on Facebook or something telling me, what about this? What do you think about that? I I haven't seen anything that seemed like it it, it might be her, but yeah, anything's possible. It, It could be that she was trafficked. I mean, again, mm-hmm. she was a strikingly pretty mm-hmm. girl uh, mm-hmm. uh, with with long hair. You know, she's just young with the green right. eyes, the, the kind of kind of person that if somebody did have predatory intent, she would be the one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The attractive, young, vibrant. That's the type they take. You know, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So. It's strange. The sightings, though, I was going to say something about that again. I lost my thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Um, oh, I know what I was thinking. <laughs> my my first thought when you said that a law enforcement or FBI didn't, didn't discuss it, to me, that's always a positive sign that it's a possible credible tip. Because what we know about law enforcement is if they have something, they don't tell us. They even have something even remotely possibly, you know, linked to a case. They'll, they usually stay quiet. Um, when they, when they come out and say it's a dead end, no further leads, it's a dead end. So maybe potentially she may be in that area. Uh, maybe she went with someone or, you know, got trapped or, you know, coerced to go with someone. So Fingers crossed. I mean, 
I would love to see that case resolved. It is one that is so troubling to me and to many, many mm -hmm. other people across the country. It, it just seems so tragic and unfair that mm -hmm. a girl so young and vibrant with her whole life ahead of her, who grew up in an area that's so remote and peaceful, would just vanish like right. that. It, it, you have to think something terrible happened. It's very unlikely she was a runaway in that No, it didn't seem like it. I mean, after a bad experience the night before and she reaches out to her mom, that indicates close familial connections. I mean, if she was going to run away, why? If you had the ability as a teenager to call your mom and say, I did drugs, I messed up, I need help, why would you run away from it? You know, I mean, it's... Um, most teens don't feel they can go to their parents. So that kind of indicates she wouldn't have had a reason to run away. Sounds like she had supportive parents. Uh, she did. And they were very understanding, very mm -hmm. down to earth mm -hmm. people. Uh, I've, you know, I've spent time with them. I've been in the house. I've been in the bedroom. I've been to where she was last seen. I've spoken with the neighbors and it just doesn't add up. And I've tried starting over also uh, within the last year as the five-year mark approached. I thought, you know, wipe the slate clean, just start over. That's when I started thinking, well, who else maybe lives in the area? Uh, I went through the database of, of, of uh, people who are registered sex offenders. Mm -hmm. Were they, were they checked out? Are there any neighbors who are questionable or suspicious? Have they checked out? Uh, I do have some back channel contacts with, with law enforcement and, and I've talked to them. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And it's just one of those, one of those things where mm. everybody is stumped. Just completely yeah, stumped. It's true. the kind of thing that makes you think if there was a UFO abduction, Maybe they took her, yeah. This would be the kind of case where it would happen. Mm -hmm. Or you've got somebody that just vanishes like this. Because if she was a runaway, look, by now she would she would have gotten in touch with her boyfriend. Someone would have seen something. Yeah. Runaways don't go, they don't just poof, disappear. They emerge at one point. Things get too hard as a runaway and you find them, you know, and I don't, I don't know what was her history like. Was she had she used drugs previously? Was there kind of some issues with it, or she'd gotten in trouble for Carly had gotten in trouble for using marijuana. She had been put in a a special program at at the high school, but it wasn't outside the realm of of what kids do sometimes yeah no marijuana just doesn't seem to be something that's going to make somebody go mad and lose their way in the world right. um you know right. some of the harder drugs maybe but not marijuana so she had supportive and understanding parents she has supportive and understanding parents and also a social circle friends that and a boyfriend and they were mm. they were reportedly very close uh, he seemed devastated after she, after she vanished, uh, and it's just been a, a, a tragedy for everybody. But there's no closure. There's no closure here because nothing has really been crossed off the list. I mean, everything right. remains at least theoretically possible. Mm -hmm. And even though, to me, the evidence points towards abduction, it's very thin. Uh, there's you can't say conclusively, yeah, she was she was abducted. It feels like foul play. Right. It does. It really feels like foul play to me. Um, I think, though, depending on what law enforcement is doing, it may be that they just want to dismiss it as a runaway. You know, a lot of times that happens. But um, it does feel like foul play. Um, perhaps, like we said earlier, the the one in a million chances of an actual predator driving by at that time. Maybe, maybe it happened. Well, I, I've said that to people and, and I, you have to give credit to law enforcement. The sheriff up, up in Mono County uh, where Carly uh, was living 
Ingrid Braun is a wonderful woman, very smart, very committed to the mm -hmm. case. She's really, her and her team have really worked it, uh, but they're, they're stumped like, you know, stumped like the rest of it. They just have no idea what might have happened to, to, to Carly. And, and I'm, I'm completely baffled and troubled. If there was one case that I could solve, I would this love would it, yeah. to solve this one. But I just, I, I, I don't know what else to do. Someone somewhere knows something. I mean, people don't don't just disappear. If she was taken or fell upon foul play, taken somewhere else, wherever she ended up, someone else knows something. I mean, it's just a matter of, and it's shocking that this has been very publicized and still nothing, nothing has come up, which is strange. Usually when it's this publicized, something, tips come in, directions are pointed, you know, something, but strange. So it, in the, in the Berman murders, it was similar where mm. there were a lot of theories. They just vanished. But when because it was two people, law enforcement was pretty well convinced that it must be foul play because how did mm. two people just vanish? But there were some people who thought, well, you know, Barry Berman rejected his father's wealth. Maybe they just decided to throw it all in and go to some remote part of the world. Anything could could have happened. And as time passed, the theories became more and more attenuated. There were people back then saying, oh, UFO abduction. And uh, I, I had, in the Carly Gousset case, I had somebody tell me, listen, I think she was taken to seed the universe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Maybe. go figure. But then in, in the Berman case, what ends up happening is somebody, a hiker just stumbles across mm -hmm. a human skull. And that's, you realize that after the law enforcement gets out there, they realize that, no, this is a case of foul play. Yeah. And that's what I think maybe will happen with Carly Doucet, that at some point, probably there'll, there'll be a, there'll be a clue, but uh, yeah, the, that's a troubling one. It, you know, the, the area that I mine for stories, which is mm. the deserts of California, uh, mm -hmm. outside of the urban areas, the, the rural parts of California that are desert, Nevada, uh, up into parts of Utah, down into Arizona, New Mexico, those open desert areas. That's where I go to look for stories mostly. Mm -hmm. And it's just the kind of place where strange things happen. You know, you hear about Area 51. Oh, yeah. You hear about all these unexplained phenomena. If there are going to be unexplained phenomena, that's where they're going to oh, yeah. occur. I think if aliens were really going to come, they would land in the desert. <laughs> so vast area, nobody really goes out there. Um, in the Berman murders, though, um, I, I initially thought before I started really reading, I thought, you know, maybe aliens, something. But what we know now, and I just don't want to give too much away, I want people to buy your book, but um, what what was the potential motive if this suspect that we, we've we talked about, if he did it, um, what was the motive? So from the beginning, there was one deputy who, Leon Boyer, who just was dogged about pursuing the case. Mm -hmm. And he was firmly convinced and remains firmly convinced that the chief suspect had a sexual motivation and mm. whether he wanted to actually just attack them and have some sort of sadistic ritual with mm -hmm. them or whether he made a proposition that escalated into a fight, something happened that led to murder and that and the the core premise of it mm -hmm. was a sexual a sexual motivation and and the book follows the chief suspect all the way to the prison where he is okay. now that's awesome and what, and what landed him in prison wasn't the Berman murders because he's mm -hmm. never been arrested never been charged he's the suspect they've had their eye on him but they just don't mm -hmm. have enough evidence. Yeah. That's what their their conclusion was. But in other cases, he committed the most horrific 
sexual crimes imaginable. Mm. And just a word of warning to to your to your viewers. I mean, it is explicit. Mm-hmm. I, I just tell it as it is. And I do put a, a warning in there because right. the, the facts are, are what he did with those girls was was as bad as it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes you think, gosh, if he went on in life to do something like that, was that just happened you know the guy reaches midlife and suddenly he's uh, a sexual predator or does that explain what may have happened right no i get it so yeah um i i believed also that it was um he was a sexual predator because i read i don't remember i think initial reports from that time period a woman that had been kind of associating with all of them after he had gone on his walk. And I guess the Burmans had gone exploring. He came back and propositioned another woman sexually. And she was, it was very creepy or something like that. She just, she had described it as. So. So I did interview her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was there with her longtime companion partner uh, they are uh, very private people, kind of off the grid people. It was not easy to find My them, bad. but I did. I did. And they were surprised that I located them. And my agreement with her was that I wouldn't reveal uh, their names. I would use uh, pseudonyms. Mm-hmm. So I use pseudonyms in the book. But yeah, she described that for me and what happened when he this chief suspect comes into camp. He had been and gone. Maybe he had been gone doing harm to the Burmans. Mm-hmm. That's right. The, the the theory. He returns to camp covered in dust. He's been gone all day. He walks right over to her campsite where her and her partner have just arrived. And the next thing you know, he's floating the idea that they all have a, a threesome. A threesome. Yeah. Like. Who does yeah. that? I, it, these hot springs, the thing, yes, people get naked mm-hmm. in these hot springs. They're hippie right. hot springs. But it, it's about hooking up with mm-hmm. nature. It's not It's not a single spot. No, and if anything occurs in the sexual nature, it's most likely because these people have connected. It's not like going out and having a one-night stand. It's something very different. I've, I've encountered those places before. I've never been, like, involved in it, but... Um, in my travels, I have seen a few places like that and I get it very much hippie, very much, you know, into just feeling the earth, um, without clothes. So, yeah, yeah. And I've been there Mm -hmm. many times over the years. Uh, my wife and I have both been there Mm -hmm. and it feels natural Mm -hmm. in that environment to get naked, soak in a tub. People are very polite. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't leer at something. No, but, you, know, you can glance. You can. You can. You mm-hmm. can. You can look around. But but it would be an unusual environment for somebody to uh, to just kind of hit you up and up say, with. "Hey, let's look up." Yeah, uh, like I said earlier, I think that that would be Disneyland for a sexual predator. They don't. Predators don't have boundaries. They don't think rationally like the rest of us. So sexual predator, oh wow, naked people, his um his thoughts are going everywhere, you know, off the charts. So I, I that's as good a theory as as any of us have. And that's definitely the theory that law enforcement mm-hmm. was operating on. And as I explore in the book, the chief suspects travels through life and his relationships with with women uh it it does fit Mm -hmm. something may have happened here but i have other evidence too that i was able to develop oh yeah no don't give that away let's make them buy the book buy the book (laughs) um yeah so anything weird that's happened to you or after the fact you know while you're investigating these things or any of these cases well, I've never felt concerned for my own safety. Mm. Um, sometimes, I mean, I have done work down in Mexico. I covered the massacre of the the, the moms and kids from the oh, breakaway Mormon colony. I read that. They, were, 
traveling on a back road and they got shot to pieces. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does make me nervous sometimes being uh, being down there or doing work down there. The last time I went to Mexico to uh, cover uh, the migrant crisis, I did, uh, even though I speak uh, Spanish mm -hmm. passably, I hired a local, somebody that I knew to just, uh, a guy who knew his way around uh young strong uh and and savvy about what goes on in the street to just kind of watch my back as i went into some of these areas and did mm -hmm. interviews and such because you know where the migrants end up sometimes isn't the safest places but uh in terms of my own my own safety i mean my wife worries a bit uh, and that i'm deep into uh unsolved uh, cases that that could be sensitive there could be somebody out there that feels that i'm getting too close to them but knock on right. wood <laughs> Nothing's know, happened. I, haven't, I haven't felt threatened mm -hmm. yet uh so uh yeah but you know i do i i do know how to handle myself mm -hmm. out there I, i'm a very experienced of uh, traveling and getting around in the deserts and and in the back areas and like anybody out there you know i i i I wouldn't surrender without a fight. Unlike the, yeah, yeah. Unlike the Burmans, I mean, most of us who have spent a lot of time in those areas, we're prepared to defend right. ourselves because nobody's going to run defend mm -mm. you in that time. But place. that was what 1986, right? It so was. I feel like you know it wasn't that far off from the whole hippie movement in the 70s, and you know I know there was crime in the 80s, but nothing like what we see today. So perhaps they just didn't feel they needed to defend themselves. They never saw it coming. Well, I think that's right. And it also, the idea of self-defense was contrary to their religious mm -hmm. philosophy. Both of them were disciples of a, of a Punjabi guru. Uh, Barry mm -hmm. had actually done a seeker's journey to, to India. Both of them were disciples of Charan Singh. And they very much believed in the peace. idea that you yeah. peace and nonviolence, you don't kill, you don't eat meat, and you you trust in the energy of the mm -hmm. universe and your own good karma. Um, but I think whatever their good karma was, it definitely failed them in, right. in that instance. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely uh, am a believer in most of those things, but realistically in 2024, we know that if we have to throw our fists up, <laughs> we just might have to, it's just what it is. Yeah. Um, even though we want to believe in peace and harmony, it, it's just not, um, it's not everybody else's view right now in the world. So. Yeah. Well, and I don't know about you, but I still feel much safer out in those areas traveling in, in the desert. I mean, I'm wary. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I wouldn't just charge up to a stranger, nor would I take kindly to somebody just out of the blue trying to approach me. I'll, I'll tell people if I'm out in the desert, hey, don't get any closer. Mm -hmm. Just back off. Tell me what you're about. You know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, that comes with the territory. You got to be able to handle yourself. But I feel less safe these days just in big in big crowd mm -hmm. where i feel there might be a predator so i'm trying to teach myself to always have an eye towards you know what's your escape route going to be right. what are you going to do if something bad happens if somebody comes in here with a gun and starts shooting where exactly i think I, we all have to think that mm -hmm. you know, it's horrible just, but and i try to mostly um avoid congested types of places or businesses because what if there is no escape route you know i want to go home <laughs> so um i don't i don't know this world is scary these days um uh hopefully there is some kind of a break for the burmans at one point maybe perhaps your book will shed some light on something and maybe He'll be convicted, the suspect. <laughs> well, the the friends and family who have, uh, you know, who who were so generous in providing information and images and things for the project have told me they feel a, a sense of closure now because at least there's a plausible theory about mm -hmm. what what may have happened. So we may not have all the answers, but at least we've got some ideas. You kind of basically know what's happened there. Um, though DNA was 
I don't even think it was in its infancy at that time. Um, maybe, but um, maybe. there's just no way for anybody to link him unless he admits it. So, and none of these criminals admit it if it's going to add time to their current sentence. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, but hopefully with your book, giving like the, just the raw facts, you know, step-by-step, step, perhaps that helps the family. So I hope so. And I did, it took me years, but I did get a couple of the chief suspects, family members to, to talk to me. And they oh, nice. told me, don't ever expect that he's going to admit to anything. That's just not in his DNA, mm -hmm. so to speak, that he would admit to anything. But speaking of DNA, they did collect a lot of, uh, of debris and just mm -hmm. items surrounding the, uh, the grave site when it was finally excavated. I asked the sheriff's department, could you go through that and D DNA test some things? It's possible that even with the passage of time, for example, if the, the if the if the suspect was out there working very hard to dig a to dig a grave, maybe there's something that 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 had his DNA on it. Maybe he mm -hmm. shed shed some hair. It's highly unlikely after this amount of time, but when an investigation has gone on this long. I mean, it's why not try? But again, mm -hmm. I think it's a matter of resources and the fact that he is in prison. Right. Uh, so it's kind of like, well, how deep do we need to, to go to, to, to clear this case off our book? Mm -hmm. when, you know, you're talking a rural county with a, with a limited budget. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I, I, I've really, pushed them as much as I possibly can. But in the end, they have to make their own decision, their own balance of resources where they're going to, where they're going to invest their time mm -hmm. and energy. Um, but at least I can offer, you know, offer, a, yeah. offer yeah. a theory. Yeah. You never know. It might jog someone's memory. Something comes about after reading your book remembering something who knows you never know there is some some missing jewelry that could possibly really? yeah could mm. possibly be tied to the to the uh crime scene so you, you just don't know mm. well i want to thank you for joining us um i can't wait to get my hands on that one and read it <laughs> um and again like i said i'm going to put the links in our our website our show notes and um Hopefully lots of other listeners and viewers will go forward and purchase that book too. So I really appreciate it. And and yes. look look for more from me. I'm, yes. I'm hard at work on my second book. Well, uh, anytime you want to come back and share it, you just let me know. We'll do it again. Wonderful, Anne. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You have a good night. You too. <laughs>